How well do you know the women in your community? Do you wish that there was a way to connect with other women in a real and meaningful way? Hello, and welcome to the Happy Hostess Podcast, where I break down the art of entertaining at home into simple steps taking even the most frazzled hostess to a confident and happy hostess. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde, and today I have a wonderful guest. Ashley Klaja, she is a multi-talented lady, but is well known for her amazing dessert cake tablescapes that she showcases on her Instagram account, A Sweet at the Table. You are in for a real treat today. Well, Ashley, I have been looking forward to this for so long. Thank you so much for coming here today and sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love your podcast. So I'm super excited to be on. Oh, that is so sweet. Please, well, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background? So my name is Ashley, and I have been married for about 17 years now. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. And I also have an account on Instagram called A Sweet at the Table. I've had it for about seven years and it all started when actually I lived in Utah. I lived in Utah for five years and recently, just over the last two years, moved back to Texas where I, I'm born and raised Texan. And we, so we just had a little short stint in Utah. But I started my account there and have continued it on here. And I just share lots of tablescapes and desserts and cakes and hosting and events and all of the fun things on there. And so I've I've been quite busy with all of that. Well, saying that you do tablescapes and cakes is a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> because what you actually do is create like a masterpiece of multiple cakes that are just yeah. each yeah. one of them is incredible in each of their own. So thank you. And I'm sure probably most people are familiar with with your account, but mm. it is truly, it's just amazing that you can do that. I think I couldn't make one of those, much less oh. the entire thing. And well, thank you. I, I like to think of it as like a like cake collections. So whenever I host parties, I, I think of it almost like, you know, if you if you have a fashion designer and they come out with their line for fall or spring or whatever it is, and, and they and they create these sort of collections of, of things where each and every piece is unique, but they all sort of flow and go together. And that's kind of what I'd like to do with cakes and desserts on my tablescape. And so it's just been so fun, uh, especially to look back throughout the years to see each and every holiday and season and, and what sort of dessert collection um, I've been able to create. So it's it's a fun thing. I love that idea of the collection. That, that mm-hmm. describes it perfectly. Yeah. Now, and one thing I wanted to ask you was, you've had something very exciting this past, yeah. it was December. Why don't you tell us about going to Kathy Hilton's house? Yeah, casual, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Kathy hanging out, yeah. I mean, this could be a whole nother podcast in and of itself, obviously. But yeah, so Kathy Hilton, like, you know, the Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton's mom, you know, the Hilton Hotel brand. Yes, that Kathy Hilton. She reached out to me on Instagram. She had found my account and started following and basically was like, hey, I would love for you to come and do my family's Christmas party. And I thought it was spam. And through (laughs) a a little while of digging, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't spam. And long story short, 
I was like, absolutely. And the catch was I had less than a week to do it. <laughs> oh, so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Not a big planner, not a big plan ahead girl, that Kathy Hilton. And so <laughs> I essentially had really just four days to pull it off. And luckily, I the thing that she really was wanting was my gingerbread tablescape, which I had, I had created years ago. It had gone viral just recently throughout the holiday season. And she had found that viral reel and, and really was taken to it. And so I had had a lot of the decor and stuff when it came to that. So I, I didn't have to go out and, and buy a bunch of stuff in that regards. But I, I mean, we scrambled and I mean, it was me, myself and I. So I do everything as far as baking, decorating, all the little details. It's all me, any, any florals, all of that. And so I don't really think she quite understood that it was just me. <laughs> and so the task was huge. And I sort of rallied my husband and my best friend and they came alongside me and we knocked it out of the park and we got it done. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life, but it was also one of the most, if not the most challenging experiences of my life. I mean, I really felt like it was like giving birth, you know, truly. Like I remember right before the party feeling that feeling, I the kind of that similar feeling I felt right before I gave birth to my children, like, I really don't want to do this, but I have to do this. <laughs> so, but it was absolutely worth it and an experience of a lifetime for sure. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I you know, maybe you can come back because I would love to hear every single detail. That would be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how did you get started? What first drew you to baking and and decor and tablescapes and all of it? Well, I'm a girly girl. I have always loved a good party, even as a little girl going to bridal showers and baby showers with my mom. I was always front and center. I mean, even as a three, four-year-old, loved me a good cake and punch. And and so I, I loved parties, but I also loved baking. I mean, I remember vividly just getting so excited, you know, turning that a bag of Nestle's chocolate chips over and and making those chocolate chip cookies as a kid, you know, pulling my stool up to the counter and helping my grandmother cook and bake. And also, you know, growing up, you know, before the age of social media and Pinterest and Instagram, seeing Martha Stewart on TV for the first time, you know, she used to have those TV specials and you know, then she had the magazine and and the books and and just being enamored by what she did and and how she was able to create these what she called good things, you know, and 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 this I just I just was so enamored by her. And and so I guess it's always been within me to to love to bake and to love to create. Yes, I know that feeling about Martha Stewart. She has mm-hmm. completely inspired me and mm-hmm. I do also think that sometimes it's it's a curse <laughs> as well yes. because yes. her expectations I was growing up thinking that it's perfectly attainable to do everything yep. all by yourself <laughs> which it's like look what you did to us Martha <laughs> I know exactly but I am yep. so grateful for her inspiration because she's for an sure. amazing woman now what kind of questions do you get the most about your collection of cakes of art, Mm -hmm. I should say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the first question is, do you make it all? And the answer is yes, I do. Um, 
unfortunately, like you were saying, that that Martha Stewart set the bar and set the bar very high. And and so it was almost like, okay, if I can make it all, then I will make it all. So I, I do. I, I usually never actually, I, I can't even think of a time where I've outsourced um, anything as far as, you know, anything on my tables. And I think possibly the question I get the most is, do you eat the cakes <laughs> or, or who all eat the cakes? I, I probably get that the most. And so as far as myself, I taste everything. I always have. I've always, I have a major sweet tooth. I have always tasted every single thing. And as a matter of fact, my desserts, one of the things I pride myself in is, is they don't just look good, but they taste just as good. And I'm really into flavors and flavor developing. I actually went to culinary school. I'm obsessed with Food Network. I'm obsessed with food. I always have been. And so it's not just chocolate cake, vanilla cake, and strawberry cake. It's intricate flavors, fillings, different types of frostings. And so I love to taste. But as far as because I'm tasting, you know, the food, you know, as I'm developing the the actual desserts, I won't ever just sit down with a giant piece of cake and just gobble it up. That's not really what I'm doing. And so I will tell people, you know, when it's time to cut the cake or or serve dessert, I'll have a bite or two, but I'm not going to sit down and eat the whole thing. I mean, because I really would be probably 300 pounds. That's another thing people say, how are you not 300 pounds? You know, well, I don't, I don't sit down and eat the whole cakes. Right. And then as far as who eats them. So there's, there's several different sort of answers to that. And most of the time when I'm doing these tablescapes or parties, people that come to the parties or events or whatever I'm doing, the people will eat them. One of the things that's really fun is usually if I'm hosting something, I always love to have little to-go boxes as well because I overbake. I like to fill up my tables with desserts. And there's no way people could possibly eat all of those at the end of the day. But what they can do is bring them home. And that's sometimes people's favorite thing. And that's also another tip that I love um, to tell people is that you know, even after the party's over, if you give them a little something to bring home, it's like the party just then gets extended. And so I love allowing people to bring those slices and cupcakes and cookies home. And then I get the text the day after, I just ate my cake for breakfast, you know, (laughs) whatever. And it's so fun to be able to share cake in that way. Obviously, if I if I have leftovers, I'll give them to family and friends. And then there are times where I will repurpose the cakes and I will redecorate them for content and things like that. But I never throw away desserts and that never gets wasted. I'm sure plenty of people are lined up to eat them. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually not a problem to give away dessert. I bet not. And I love that you give take-home boxes because you're right a lot of times people are like you know they're full from everything and they can't even enjoy it as much as Mm -hmm. they would the next day that is a great idea and I love that it's like extending the party yes now how do you go about where do you find your inspiration for like each of these tables and can you kind of walk us through the process yeah so I I, I'm very inspired by Instagram and Pinterest, obviously, as as most people are. But I'm inspired 
I think by also decor. So one of the things that I have always done, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a decorator as well with home decor. And one of the things that I think makes my style unique is I actually love to integrate decor in with my tablescapes and even in with, you know, even decorating cakes with decor. And so I'm extremely inspired. You know, I've done full tablescapes based on ornaments, you know, Christmas ornaments or a, a, a fabric design that I've seen and I'll make that design on the cake. I think it's when you have a creative mindset, you can really truly be inspired by every single thing that your eye sees. You know, when we lived in Utah and the beautiful mountains and the scenery, you know, I, I it inspired me to do a snow globe cake with with mountains around it. And I think that those are some of the things that I like to draw inspiration from the most. I do remember the snow globe cake. That was amazing. And I didn't realize that it was inspired from your scenery. Um, yeah. That's, that's amazing. And it was, I mean, it just is each one of your cakes. They're just incredible. I mean, but thank you. Now, I think it was on Instagram like a few years ago. And I remember it's actually, I mean, it was several, several years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember you talking about that you started gathering women in your home for something called a chick chat. And Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. just um, fascinated by this idea. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So chick chat started actually over 14 years ago. This was, so my daughter just turned 14. So this was 15 years ago when I was still living in Texas, had not even moved to Utah yet. And um, we had actually been trying to get pregnant and it had been a couple years. And finally I was able to get pregnant and I had a miscarriage. Mm. And when I had my miscarriage, it was one of the most devastating and hard times that I had I had gone through and I just felt so alone and I felt like I couldn't share or I I didn't know who to talk to about it. You know, no one I thought at the time had, had gone through it. And I remember finally reaching out to one of my friends about it and she just broke down crying and she said, I'm going through the same exact thing you are. Oh gosh. And then we reached out to another friend and she said, I'm going through the exact same thing. So we were all going through this thing and it was almost like we were going through it alone and in silence. And I I just thought, you know what? This has got to stop. Like we've got to connect and share with others because that that is so needed and so helpful. And, and so I really wanted to create something that could be a place for women to gather and share their story and to really make it faith. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a woman of faith and I wanted to be able to really give God the glory for this. I wanted to use the talent that God has given me. And so I thought, you know, me and my mom talked at that time and, and, and she said, well, you know what, let's host something at my house. And, you know, maybe you can make some desserts and maybe we can, we can start something here. And so we called it Chick Chat. And each month I would create these tablescapes, you know, back then 15 years ago, they weren't quite as elaborate as what they become now, but, and, 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 you know, it would be a theme. And so that would sort of be a draw, but then one 
one woman from the group each time would share her story. And it was it basically like a testimony, something that she really had gone through that that really pointed to where God had had led her to in that in that moment. And it was one of the most impactful things in my life and in in so many others. And it just was such an amazing experience to be able to use something that was so hard in my life. And and then in turn with with the women that shared the the things that were hard in those women's lives and to be able to turn that around and give glory to God and really make beauty out of ashes. And and so it was just really amazing. And so then when I moved to Utah, you know, it was a completely different culture and, and different experience. But I started it there because I, you know, I wanted to be able to connect with the women around me. And so I just started by inviting people in my home and doing the same thing that I had done in Texas. And it just took off. It started, I think like 20 women came to the first one. And I mean, it got up to about 60 women at, at one point in my own home. I mean, people were all up the stairs on top of each other, just so desperately like wanting to feel that connection and, and wanting to hear that they're not alone, that we all we all struggle with the same things, you know, that that people that maybe you might think has never had any problems, they've had a lot of problems. You know, we've all had struggles. And so, and, and obviously, you know, the desserts and the table scrapes are a big draw, but really what people left with was so much more. Well, you provided such a place of encouragement for women, you know, in both places. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was appreciated very much. And I was, you know, I thought, I've thought entertained this idea in my head ever since I heard you talking about that. Of course, it's been years and I have yet to do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of made me hesitate was, was it difficult to find women to share their stories? I, I know some women that would, but I'm afraid mm-hmm. that after like three months, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be sitting there with no one to, no one volunteering, you know? Right. Well, you know, because you want the the thing is, is every woman has a story. I mean, that's the thing, you know. And and my my biggest goal for Chick Chat, for my my calling, really was I wanted to make sure that what each woman shared was God glorifying, and that mm-hmm. could be something as small as, oh my gosh, I really struggled with the terrible tubes. You know, something that's that that's not monumental, earth shaking, mm-hmm. or it could be I was addicted to drugs and was living in a halfway house. I mean, you know, the, and those were both both of those things were shared at Chick Chats, and so that was, I think, the biggest point was that everyone really has something to share. But the goal was, how do we glorify God? How does God get? the biggest glory in that. And so I would reach out to, I mean, really, I, I reached out to all of my friends, especially the ones that I knew had a very impactful story. And, and you know, and some of them had to think about it, you know, and, and weren't mm-hmm. really comfortable. And some of, and most of them were excited and willing to share. And I think that that's, that's really the whole point, you know, and it's not this, oh, you're going to be giving a two hour speech. It may be five minutes. It may be 35. It may be 45 minutes. 
but it's just to be able to get that conversation going. And can you, do you have any stories or any of like the benefits that you saw that came from these? Oh my gosh. I mean, every single time, I mean, every story and every woman was so different. And I think it is a little glimpse of heaven when we gather and we, we share the struggle that this world gives us. And then we get to point to God and say, but look at what he did. And we get to bond in that way. And then we get to celebrate with amazing food. And then we get to, you know, mingle and connect. And women that would normally have never met could meet through this experience. And women that, you know, have friendships beyond you know, chick chat. It just really was so incredible. It was it was an incredible experience. You are are inspiring me to do it. <laughs> Good. You go, girl. Yes. I it it just sounds like a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I I do feel like we just are missing a lot of, you know, obviously our churches often have women's groups and you know where we can mm-hmm. get some of that. But I feel like during mm-hmm. certain stages of life that start Mm -hmm. we start to get away from that especially after our kids aren't toddlers anymore or when Mm -hmm. our kids are older and you're never home at night anymore because of sports and that sort of thing and um Mm -hmm. i just feel like it would be good to good to be able to bring women back together so thank you and it's really hard yeah, it's and it's hard, you know, because I mean, I'm part of lots of, of different Bible studies, and I think it's hard, even within the church, to to really get down to the nitty gritty and 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 to really share. But when and I don't know, you know, if, if anyone's ever been a part of a Bible study or any group setting, but when one person opens that door, the floodgates open, and everybody else feels so much more comfortable and so much more normalized to be able to say, okay. Now let me share. I, you know, and and it's just a trickle effect, and it's and it's really it's it's an amazing thing. And one of the, the other things that I would always do before the chick chat started is, you know, with each woman that entered my home, I would just have them draw a little question, and they would be lighthearted. They wouldn't be like super deep, but they would just be like, you know, what what's been your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Or, you know, what was, you know, if it was like a Christmas theme, it was like, what was your favorite Christmas present you ever received as a kid? And it would just be something like an icebreaker type of question. And so before the speaker at Chick Chat would, would talk, we would kind of do that. Or actually, I'm sorry, we would do that after the speaker talked. And then after everyone was done sort of saying their little icebreaker, then we would break off and do the mingling part. So it just carried the conversation further to allow people to feel more comfortable. That was so smart to do it after the speaker. Well, that sounds like the perfect night. Now, did you, so you made your original guest list and then did just people start inviting their friends from there and that's how it grew so much? Yeah. And actually in Utah, I started because of this, I started, it was, it was called the interfaith page on Facebook and it was just women in our community. And 
an age, you know, because I wanted to kind of get a gauge on, you know, how many people were coming. And so I'd put mm-hmm. it out on there each month and just kind of like, hey, just let me know. And I mean, obviously anyone could could come. You know, it needed to be, it was limited to women. But and you know, I'd get kind of a gauge, but you know, people would bring their friends last minute or whatever. And it just it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And and it was really neat to see. I mean, people parked around two streets over just <laughs> trying to come in. And it was amazing. Each and every time, you know, just like looking around trying to soak in, like, God, look what you did, you know. That's amazing. Uh, that is so inspiring. It it sounds like you really have a knack for uh, making a gathering memorable, for sure. Do you have any tips for doing that? Well, I think that, you know, I mean, the obvious thing that I think people think of as a memorable gathering is usually the aesthetic piece, you know, what what is the decorations and the ambiance. And, you know, I always, of course, love a great tablescape with all the the amazing desserts and the food and the specialty drinks. And I love to have, you know, a special playlist depending on the crowd and the season and the theme. I love to always have the smells going with the candles and the aromas. But I think what makes it memorable is, you know, people will remember most how you made them feel. And I think that that's the thing that I try and focus on, even though those other, you know, more aesthetic things are are easier sometimes to think about. But I really try and be mindful of, you know, who's coming? How can I prepare ahead of time, you know, to to prepare connections for those people? You know, because you're always going to have that one or two or more people that might be on the outside of the group that may not know everyone that may be a little bit more quiet and paying attention to those situations I feel like is very important being able to connect them with someone else in the group ahead of time you know knowing something about that person that you can then tell another person so that you can connect them because that is what people want they they want to feel something more than they want to see or maybe even experience something as far as the actual decor or food yes and as an introvert it's someone that is not like super outgoing and always comfortable mm-hmm. in every situation i can tell you that you trying to think about how you can connect the guest who doesn't know anybody is mm-hmm. so, so helpful. Um, oh, I, have, yeah. I know someone that is very much like that. And she mm-hmm. has tons of people in her home and mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. I, it is just amazing how she is able to do that each and every time. You can tell that mm-hmm. she just goes out of her way to make sure each person is comfortable and connected with somebody. And it is just mm-hmm. the best feeling <laughs> to feel. Well, and also I think for, yeah, for the longest time, I, I took that responsibility on myself and I thought, oh, this person isn't going to know anyone. So I have to be in charge of making sure that this, you know, and I think a better approach is to go ahead of time to someone else that you know and trust and you know will really come alongside someone that might may, may be more introverted and kind of almost give them that 
task and responsibility because they will actually appreciate it and kind of almost, you know, so many times it's almost like this, you know, honor, like, okay, yes, I'm going to be in charge of being, you know, a a little mini hostess as well. And, and not, it not only takes it off of your plate, but it really, it really helps someone else as well. So you're, you're, you're helping the, the group as a whole. That is true. It really does. You give somebody a task that feels uncomfortable. They oh, they don't have love time it. to think about Most it. Most <laughs> people love it. Yeah. Well, you obviously have a lot going on at your gatherings, a lot aesthetically, <laughs> and you've obviously are thinking about all the things ahead of time. And how do you minimize stress? Or do you have any tips for people to how to minimize stress for mm. for a gathering? Prepare, prepare, prepare. I mean, I have done this for so many years and each and every time it's stressful (laughs) single time. I mean, you know, it is, but each and every time I'm more prepared. You know, if you've never hosted anything ever before, start small because the next time you host, you can go a little bit more. Don't take on too much to where you're, I mean, you know, it's, it's like telling an infant that they need to write an essay. You, you have to go, you know, small steps, small, you know, and then that way, um, you'll, you'll learn to prepare. And, you know, for me, I prepare as much as possible ahead of time. I basically, you know, I have the table completely set, um, dazed, before i i want to make sure that i order everything that needs to be ordered as as far as what it, whatever it is is decor or if if i'm having food at the party you know that needs to be taken care of i need to have every single ingredient garnishes for my drinks you know and i and i end up writing it all down and you know and you can break it down by days you know especially with food and stuff you know you can't always prepare that too much ahead of time. But if you can prepare it ahead of time and freeze it, or if it can stay in the refrigerator a little bit longer, do it. And, but, but that also requires you knowing what you're doing. Right. And so, you know, and also with, with the, the connections piece to the party, how, how can you prepare for that? Well, think about the guests that are coming. Write down who you can pair up with who. Write down those conversation starters. If there's a lull in the conversation, how can you bring it back? Write down the schedule, or you know, not not even a schedule, because I think I think being too scheduled is is unorganic, and, and I'm I'm not a fan of that. But thinking about you know what is the order of events. So if you're hosting something like a chick chat, you know you don't want you don't you want to start on time. You don't want to be like. An hour after you say the party's, you know, started, oh, let's finally, you know, start it. No, let's let's be considerate of people's time. And also, you know, I think preparing, you know, the food, you know, setting it up so that you can take photos if you want to take some photos beforehand. Every single detail just prepared as much as possible. That's a good tip about the photos because <laughs> that is... The one thing that always never happens when I have a party, which is odd because I need that that content. Yeah, and and you know, and it's like Pixar didn't happen, and you end up, you know, thinking about it after everyone's devoured it, and you're like, I can't believe not even a single picture. I know, (laughs) I know. know That's not the point of at all. But you know, anything like anything, if you if you go to the effort, 
at least take a picture. Yes, that is true. And schedule the time in for the pictures. Absolutely. Well, I like to ask all of my guests, um, what does hospitality really mean to you? I think of it as hospitality is giving people the feeling of being home. And, you know, home means different to everyone. But I think what home, the desire of home is feeling like they can be exactly who they are, feeling comfortable with exactly where they are at in that moment. And so when you welcome someone in and you and you look them in the eye and you say basically I've been waiting for you. I've been pre- I have prepared for you. I am excited you are here. Let me show you where the food is, the drink is. Let me let me connect you with someone. Here's what's going to happen when you when you set the expectation and when you allow your kindness and love for that person to shine through. That's what hospitality is. Oh, that's good. That is very good. And what is the why for you? Or why is it important for you to invite guests into your home? You know, as a Christian, I I am called to be hospitable. I'm also called, I feel like I feel very led to use the talents and gifts that God has given me. I feel very called to use the home that God has given me. And so I want to be able to share that with others. And, you know, I've done this for so many years and I've experienced the joy and I've reaped the benefits of what being hospitable is and, and, and what it can mean. And I'm grateful to be able to share that. Well, that is quite inspiring for all of us. You articulated that so well. Oh, thanks. And one thing um, we know, if we've entertained much at all, is that things don't always go as planned. Do you have Mm -hmm. any stories that you want to share where things didn't go perfectly? I would say I cannot think of a single time that anything I've ever done went perfectly. (laughs) There is always there's always at least one thing that doesn't go perfectly. One thing recently that that was just so bad. I hosted a party for my aunt's birthday and I was stressed about this one. You know, she was turning 50. There were going to be quite a few most most of the people that were coming I didn't even know. My husband wasn't in town to even help oh. clean up or anything. And anyway, it was it was a lot. And there was a lot of last minute stuff. Like I was saying, you know, when I can prepare for it and when I can set things up, it's so much better. But this was a lot of like last minute stuff. Like I, I, I was doing this giant charcuterie and, and the charcuterie was going to be on these, this giant, I'm talking like, 36 inch trays, but they were tiered in, in three stacks. Ooh, that's and, prob- and I was trying, I, I was, yeah, I was trying to prepare. So I disassembled the tiers and I assembled the charcuterie on, on the trays. And the plan was that right before everyone came, I was going to stack the, the trays on top of each other. So I go to stack 
the final tier and the entire thing of charcuterie, I'm talking pickles, mustard, Mm. meat, cheese, everything. It crashed down on the kitchen floor. Oh, no. Glass. Yeah, yeah. And and this was 10 minutes before it was, like, people were supposed to start arriving. And I... I just didn't even know what to do. <laughs> and I thought, and God gave me such grace in that moment. And I, cause I didn't scream. I said, okay. And my daughter came in because she was home from school that day. And she goes, what was that? I go, every single thing that I just worked for is completely shattered. <laughs> oh no. And I said, I am going to need you to help me sweep this up. And we just swept it up and threw it directly in the trash. And I luckily, because I, I end up making so much food, I was I had planned to do two of these tiered these oh. tiered trays. So I had another one, which was honestly more than enough. And I wasn't about to stack the other one. We just ended oh, up God. just putting trays out flat. I was um, going to say, was we, that the most yeah. nerve-wracking stack of your life? <laughs> no, we. I didn't even... I was not about to do the other one. Right. And so we swept it up, threw, threw it all away. And then I just put the other ones flat um, on the counter and literally was wiping up, the, you know, mopping up the floor as the fir- as that doorbell rang for the first time. And couldn't even smell the pickle juice and the mustard. Oh. I mean, we got it done, but that was very stressful. Uh, yes. I would imagine that that was. That yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But thank yeah. goodness you had another one. Oh yeah, and and I think that that that's the thing too is you know the benefit of of over baking or over you know preparing for food is you'll usually always have extra if if something breaks or something falls or something gets smushed. I usually always like to have extra anyway, and so it was a good thing. Oh, thank goodness. Well, I have one question before our speed round. And that is, what is the one piece of advice that you would give a brand new hostess who's just wanting to get started? Mm. I would say don't try and do it all. And that is honestly laughable coming from me. (laughs) I mean, that's like not at all me. Um, But I think that, you know, like I said, hosting is really about the other people. It's not about you. And that's really hard because as someone is, you know, if if you're a Martha and not a Mary, (laughs) and you're about the, you know, sort of task, more task oriented and more of, you know, okay, this has to get done and it has to be this way. And you're more of a perfectionist. You're going to focus on that. You're not going to focus on the people part as much, but really hosting is about the other people. And, and so if you can make it about that, it's just so much easier to let go of all the other things. And so start small, you know, whether that's just inviting someone over for coffee and maybe having some muffins out, but being more intentional with that conversation, you know, or whether it's hosting a dinner party because you can handle it, but, but do what you can handle and focus on the people. That's very good advice. And that leads us to our speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the favorite place you've traveled? 
Oh my gosh. So my most favorite place is Utah. And we lived there, like I said, but it's the most beautiful place that I've ever been to. It has the most beautiful seasons. I'm a mountain girly and I will never get tired of Utah. I love it so much. (laughs) It is beautiful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there a sweet or a candy that you actually don't like? Oh gosh. I don't like, I mean, honestly, the only thing I could think of top of mind are like those circus peanuts or (laughs) gummies. I'm not like a gummy fan. How about your favorite flavor that you've ever created for cake? Oh, my favorite flavor in general is salted caramel. Mm, And so I did a like a salted caramel mocha cake bomb one time. So I did a cake. So I I used to do more often these little cake bombs, which I create the cake out of a mini bunt. And then in the little hole of the bunt, I create like a mousse. And so with this one, I did a chocolate cake. Then I I soaked it in hot fudge. Mm. Then I did a salted caramel mousse. Then I enrobed the whole thing in chocolate. And then I drizzled more salted caramel and a little sea salt on top. And it was just the, it was just the best thing. I'm obsessed with anything salted caramel. Oh my gosh. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Sounds so good. Okay. Is there anyone new on Instagram lately that's really, that you're really enjoying or that you're inspired by that you're following? Oh man. I, so the, oh, I mean, this isn't new. So my mm-hmm. OG, I'm obsessed with Randy Garrett design. Yes. She, she doesn't really host. She's not, she's just more home decor. And I, her style is just the best. She's like the queen in my, my opinion. I also love Julian Taylor. She's more of my <laughs> newer follow. I've followed her it's been less than a year that I've been following her and I absolutely love her. I think she is so incredibly fabulous. And I found her and then got hooked on the Say It Southern podcast and I did the Say It Southern getaway. And so she inspired me to go and do that. And so I love any kind of Southern account. Jillian is wonderful. She is so fun. (laughs) Just so much Mm -hmm. fun. My last question is, do you have a favorite cookbook? So I think the the one that I love, and it's actually in my kitchen and it's tattered and taped up. It's the Puddin' Hill cookbook. Have you heard of it? No, I'm writing it down. It's called Puddin' Hill. And I love it because it's all, it doesn't even have any pictures in it, which is weird because I usually love a good like cookbook with pictures. But this one has some good recipes in it that I've used like literally since I've been in middle school, like my coconut pie and coconut. There's like a banana coconut cake, the chocolate pie recipe. There's just all these recipes that I've used for decades. But then they'll, they also have stories in it. And, you know, my daughter, she's 14 and and she loves to cook as well. And I remember even as a little girl, my daughter would read the Puddin' Hill cookbook at night. Oh. She could, she loved to read the stories and the, the the stories behind the recipes. It's just such a neat one. Oh, I can't wait to get that. 
For sure. Yeah. Well, you have been a joy to have on and I just can't thank you so much for coming here today and sharing with our listeners. And I know, I know that they are inspired to have a chick chat too, not just me. Oh, good. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.